You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. All right. Well, that's enough announcements. Are you guys ready for today's message? Amen. Amen. Well, Lord, I just pray that over these next few moments, God, that you would spark an increase here in our hearts and our lives, an increase to want to know you more, to experience you in incredible ways. And Jesus, I just pray that you would send down your power and rest on us today. We welcome it, and we just give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen and amen. I already mentioned earlier that we are extending our Holy Spirit series. And we do that because we're a Pentecostal church and there should be continuing learning, right? A steady diet of the Holy Spirit. I am convinced more than ever that God wants and the world needs people full and consumed with the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit makes us better than we are on our own. He is the one that is the multiplier. And so far in this series, which was before missions and the kind of through missions, we talked about the the characteristics of fire and water and wind. And wind is that power, you know, that comes with strong wind and the water, the refreshing that the Holy Spirit gives us. And the fire is that penetrating, right, purifying nature. And then we spent a week talking about living. Living our life in the Spirit, life in the Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit, how it leads to victory and hope and life and freedom. And we really focused in on Romans chapter 8. If you weren't here for that uh, week and really the week after with Dorothy Peterson, you should go back and look at those messages and you can watch those online or on our YouTube and uh, definitely, definitely dive into those. They're so foundational. And I just want to say thank you to, to Dorothy. I know I saw her this morning. I think she's serving with the kids for service. But uh, man, what a blessing those Sundays were. And what we've been praying in this season and really through this series is for a heightened awareness of the Holy Spirit to really lock in on Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 that says to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you say that with me? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is talking to believers here, and that word filled is not just be filled once and then just kind of let it be. It's a continual filling over and over, resulting in revival and repentance and the refilling that just comes. We also gave away at the beginning, and we still have a few. They're out on the tables today. I put them back out. Uh, A Holy Spirit guide, just a a quick study for you to get into your Scripture and highlight and to go back to these and to really saturate yourself with the Word of God around the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't done that yet, this is the week to do it. Pick one up and to do that. And we talk about how the Holy Spirit has a convicting nature and a regenerating and an indwelling and a maturing and empowering work and so on and so forth. And for the next couple of weeks before our Christmas series uh, where the Nelson family is our gift, right? Before we get there, we are going to talk about spiritual gifts. There are nine of them, and we're going to get our mind around those. And then around Thanksgiving time, we're going to also talk about the fruit of the Spirit And uh, that is going to be incredible. That's probably how we'll end the series. But today, 
we're going to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, also known as being filled with the Holy Spirit. And yes, it includes speaking in tongues. And for some of you, depending on your background, there's great excitement around that. You're saying, man, this is awesome. This is what the church needs. This is what we need. But I also realize that we come from different backgrounds, and uh, whether you've been in a Pentecostal background or not, sometimes there's some fear that comes around talking about tongues or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I promise you, from right this moment, uh, that we are not going to manipulate any of us. Uh, none of us are going to you know, twist your arms, and I promise we're not moving in the direction of pulling out snakes or baby sacrifices, right? <laughs> and I just want you to just believe that we're, and you can have a confidence that we're going to be Scripture-based, we're going to look at what God says, and then we're going to say, Lord, what does that mean for us? I just want to say this, that speaking in tongues is not weird. Come on. Don't shout me down. Do shout me down. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Shout me down. Speaking in tongues is not weird, but how many know have ever met anybody uh, like people are weird sometimes, right? And, uh, and so, but, the, but I just also want to say here at the beginning in the intro is that Jesus is the baptizer. And he gives good gifts to his children and today we're going to have an opportunity to wait on God. And so we're not going to get impatient. We're going to really take our time. And I just believe that every single person here, every single person tuning online, absolutely can speak in tongues, can pray in the Spirit. So let's answer a few questions this morning. What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? It is the primary empowering from God that New Testament believers can experience, which includes us. Jesus promised it before and after he was raised from the grave, and it is so important. All four Gospels describe this promise that's to come, and it was so important that in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says this, while they were with, staying with them, he ordered them, this is Jesus talking to the disciples in red letters, red letter ink, to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. It was so important that as Jesus is wrapping up his ministry before he ascends into heaven, one of his final words of encouragement and instruction was to wait for the promise, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit is living in you. John chapter 20, verse 22, earlier in the Gospels, he breathed on his disciples, and it says they, he said they, he breathed and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So they already received that through salvation. And now the Holy Spirit would come upon them to be immersed, to be baptized. And he says, before you do anything ministry-wise, or anything in general, before you even go back to your work or whatever, wait until you receive. Again, it's different from salvation. And a fundamental change happened here. To do what they could not do on their own. Remember, the Holy Spirit makes us better than we are on our own. 
And in John chapter 16, verse 7, uh, you should write this verse down. We've talked about it over the last few weeks. It, Jesus says, it's better that I go away so I can send the comforter, right? And I can send the Holy Spirit to come and to be with you. Now, if you fast forward in Acts, a little couple verses later, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I underlined that in my notes. I've got it underlined in my Bible. And, uh, and it says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. How many have heard these, these verses before? You've probably heard these. You may have read these before. The idea here is that there's a power to carry out the gospel message. This is very mission-minded. And I believe it dovetails with our 21-day fast uh, of praying and fasting for souls. Do you get the, the, how it works? It's, you'll receive power to be a witness. And then 10 days of waiting come. Ten days for the disciples, drawing close to the Lord. And then in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and the divided tongues of, as fires appeared on them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so we see this pattern, or we see this, this process of getting to this point. And this is the first of three detailed accounts where recipients uh, that were in the presence of God, waiting on God, began to speak in other tongues. The other two that are very specific are, and you can write these down, are Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 46. That was at Cornelius' house. And then Acts chapter 19, uh, verse 6 and 7, that's in Ephesus. And again, you should read these on your own and, uh, to see this because there's a pattern that is developed. Now, the question I had this week is when you look at this and see what happens at the very first time, do you think it was the disciples were, were surprised that they were speaking in tongues? Just, just, just a show of hands. How many of you think that the disciples may have been surprised that they began speaking in other tongues? Okay, a lot of hands here. You might be raising your hand online. Well, I, you guys are all wrong. <laughs> I totally set you up for that. I understand. But Jesus had already told them that it would happen. Look at it. Mark 16, verse 17. It says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. And the disciples had already started experiencing that. And they will speak in new tongues. And for those that had listened, like the disciples, they're waiting. Maybe they didn't understand it completely, but when they started to speak in tongues, certainly their mind went back to the moment where Jesus was like, hey, this is going to happen. Be ready and let it happen. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the first step in development after becoming a Christian. There's growth and this idea of wanting more and more of Jesus, well, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a part of that, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And there are two distinct benefits that I want to real quickly uh, touch on. Uh, there's an ex internal blessing and then an external blessing. And the first is that internal is that you're baptized, immersed, the idea of being refreshed, and it refreshes us. It blesses us personally. 
I believe that there's spiritual awareness is, is heightened, and that's what we've been praying for, right? And the baptism of the Holy Spirit facilitates that. The other thing that happens when you're baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit is that your desire for the Word of God will increase. If you've ever been dry and you've been, you know, just you know, uh, doing your devotions or reading, and you're like, man, I don't get much out of this. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and you're, the love for Scripture. I have seen people that had very little in, the, in God's Word get filled with the Holy Spirit, and then their appetite became ferocious, and they just couldn't get enough of God's Word. I believe your prayer life is also is blessed. There's this internal prayer life. And again, if you're dry in your walk with the Lord or you're feeling cold to the Holy Spirit or to God, and you're, yes, you've given your heart to Jesus, but there's, you're wanting more spiritually, the answer is being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's also an external, other uh, benefits. It empowers us to bless others. It will empower us to share, to witness. It empowers us to fulfill the Great Commission. In Acts chapter 2, the story continues. And look at it in verse 17 and through 24, 21. It says, in the last days it shall be. The last days. How many know we're living in the last days? God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and young men will see dreams, and old men will dream visions, and even my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. And then it continues, and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, fire and blood and vapor of smoke, and the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord, the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And then in verse 21, something has caught me in this time that I've been studying and looking at this that I hadn't seen previous, is that in verse 21, it answers the ultimate reason why the Holy Spirit would be poured out, why we'd be filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We are filled with the Holy Spirit so others can experience Jesus, so others will be saved. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them what I have deserved, or observed. And the idea, again, is this idea of commissioning and that we partner with God to do it. But when you think about baptism in the Holy Spirit, there are some questions that come. The next logical question is, well, who can receive this baptism, this being filled. And I just want to pause for a second that, uh, that for those of us that have experienced Jesus and are saved, that's the most important thing. Receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior is the most important event in a person's life. And if you've not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, today's your day. Whether you're online or you're here, we're going to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. But when you receive Jesus, it opens up a doorway to kingdom benefits. If you don't believe me, look what Psalm 103 says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, say it with me, all his benefits. Wow, what kind of benefits? Well, who forgives all your iniquities? Thank you, Lord. 
who heals all your diseases? Thank you, Jesus. Who redeems your life from the pit? Hallelujah, right? Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy? Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Wow. That's pretty incredible. And really, this is a foreshadowing of the Holy Spirit being poured out at Pentecost. And we also see in the Old Testament, you know, of course, uh, baptism or the Holy Spirit was found in creation. We kind of mentioned that. Also, in, in different points in the Old Testament, people were empowered, relatively small amounts of people, uh, but they were empowered with the Holy Spirit. But now something changed. Back to Acts 2, verse 17, it says, In the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. That's on everyone who is a believer. And the only prerequisite is found a little later in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, when Peter is finishing up his message, and, he's, and Peter says uh, to them, Repent and be baptized, that's water baptism, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And what happens? And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive. And can I just pause here for a second and to say that I have seen children receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I've seen youth and young adults. I've seen new converts receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I've seen grandparents receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I've, received, I've seen people that have been in the faith for you know, all of their life, and I would consider them old converts. I'm not sure that's a good term, but you know, people that have been in the faith a long time that maybe didn't even believe in the gift of the Holy Spirit, I've seen them receive. And the idea is that it is for all people. You say, well, wow. Well, if I, I was going to receive that, how can I be sure that I've received? Well, that's when you turn to Scripture and you look for patterns. You look for ways. And in Scripture, there are four accounts, actually, where people received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And three of them were specifically detailed. I already mentioned those. I hope you got caught those. There is one other indirect time in, in Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 24. That's Acts chapter 8. You can look at that. And uh, what's interesting about that time is that uh, something happened, and uh, uh, someone wanted to buy what was happening. They're like, man, I see them laying on the hands and speaking in tongues. Um, could I buy that? It was a magician. And, uh, and so anyway, but speaking in tongues is the constant. It's the evidence. It's the proof of purchase, so to speak. How many have ever been to Costco or to Sam's Club, right? You, you buy something and they give you a receipt and you have to show that proof of receipt, right? Proof of purchase as you leave. Well, that's kind of like what tongues is. And you say, well, why in the world would God create a gift and give such a peculiar gift uh, of tongues. Well, you get a clue when you look at other scripture. Uh, and James is a great place to look where uh, James tells believers to control their tongues. And uh, if you 
uh, are breathing, you know it's not easy to control your own tongue. Uh, it, it's a, in fact, he describes it as a restless evil. It's difficult to do that. And, uh, and so if we're going to control our tongue, we need help to do that. And so God uses language uh, to, to kind of overshadow that. And there's another clue in Acts 1.8 that we already saw that we are, will be a witness and it takes our speech to do it. Uh, what I have written here in my notes is that the Holy Spirit baptism is all about God directing and empowering our speech. It's an important thing. And every time we speak in tongues, the Holy Spirit is guiding our speech. That's incredible. And if we can trust God with an unknown language, how much more can we trust Him to use us when we're sharing our faith, when we are witnessing? That's the power to witness. And so He touches our tongue and it's a yielding. You say, well, who's in charge? If you're new to this, you're saying, well, what happens? Does someone take over? And, uh, you know, t- does God take your tongue and just make it do whatever? No, it's a yielding. It's by faith that you pray in tongues. But let me just say again, I said earlier, you can speak in tongues. You can pray in the Spirit, every single one of us. Last question, you say, well, how do you receive? Well, we already read that it is a gift. It's an incredible gift. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 uh, says where it's a gift, and you cannot be earned. It's not something you can buy, and that's the other description um, for sure. And today, we're going to be at the altars here in just a few moments. Today, all you have to do is ask. You ask Jesus, who is the baptizer, would you please baptize me? Would you please fill me with your Holy Spirit? And I believe, and I speak this prophetically, for everyone who seeks, for everyone who asks, it is for you first of all, and you will receive. I just want that to sink in. For everyone who seeks, for everyone who asks, first, it is for you. And this is the promise, I believe, from the Lord today and from Scripture. You will receive. You will receive. Now, for some... It's more like a simmer, like a crock pot. And this hit me. I mean, the, in the, we often will look at the two or three examples after the day of Pentecost where the disciples are laying on of hands and it says they laid the hand of hands and they began to speak in tongues like it's instantaneous and people think, man, that must just be the way it always happens, right? And if it doesn't happen that way, maybe I missed it, maybe I'm not good enough or, you know, whatever. Uh, and there's all of these excuses and there's shame that comes like, man, I saw it, I came to the altar and it didn't happen. But let's just go back to the first example. It didn't happen after one day, 24 hours 120 people together, locked in the upper room. It didn't happen after day two or day three or day four. And I'm thinking, okay, we're waiting, Lord, right? We're here. They are not doing anything except pursuing Jesus, 
going after God. They set apart this, this time in their life. They are waiting. They're being obedient. They're saying, God, we said, you said to wait, and the power will come. We don't know what that's like, but in that, after day four and after day five, after day six, I don't know about you, after day six, I'm thinking, God, we're about to give you a week. Come on. Like, what's going on? I'm thinking maybe we missed it, and we need to go back to our old profession, whatever the case might be. But they continued on day six and day seven and day eight and day nine. Can you imagine? They're seeking the Lord. They're in his presence. And we often go to those other examples where it happens instantly, and it's like, okay, and that certainly does happen. I prayed with students, and uh, even this weekend we prayed for students to receive the Holy Spirit, and uh, kids were filled with the Holy Spirit right on the spot. But how many times have you heard stories of people that were seeking and came and didn't receive, and they leave, and they're disgusted, or they're like, man, I don't know. I don't even know if it's real. Day nine, when I was a kids pastor, we would have kids that would, would pray at the altar. And, and especially for a kid, oftentimes uh, a child would receive quickly. The faith is high. You explain it in Scripture. They're saying, yep, I'm in. Their minds, you know, it's easy. You know, how many understand that that can just happen, right? But what happens when a child doesn't receive? Well, you go back to the room that night and you encourage them. It's about waiting. It's about the pursuit of Jesus. And we're going to talk about that in a second. And it's about spending time. There is value in the waiting. There is value in seeking the Lord. You say, well, what's to be expected? I've got some encouragement. There's a book that I've read so many times. I reread it this week. It's called Want More after Pastor Bobby and I were talking. And uh, the guy that wrote this, his name is Tim Enlow. And uh, it's so he is uh, the foremost thinker and speaker. And uh, he does Holy Spirit conferences. We've had him here at the church two times over the last 15 years. Uh, Just incredible gift to the the church. And um, uh, but you know, he has probably led more people to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, more than anyone I know. And so when I was reading, rereading through this, it comes to the end, and the book is called Want More. And he says, if you want more, there's just three simple things that you need to do. The first thing is you pursue Jesus. You seek and you worship him. I just want you to let that sink in for a second. You pursue Jesus. He's the baptizer. He's the one that does the work. There's an internal blessing that comes even in the seeking. How many understand that? That The time you spend seeking, and you seek, you worship him. You you just lift up your, your voice, right? And then the second thing he says is then the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Not in a freaky way, but almost like a resting, like almost like a, a, a cloud would kind of come down or the fog would kind of just rest and you can experience it, you can feel it. Uh, and, uh, the, so after pursuing Jesus, you seek Him, you worship Him, then the Holy Spirit it, uh, then comes upon you. And then what do you expect? Well, this third point is so important. At that point, you must 
com, uh, cooperate with the Holy Spirit by speaking out as He enables you to do so. It's that simple. You might want to take a picture of that or write that down. You pursue Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you cooperate, and you use your voice to speak out as the Holy Spirit gives the utterance, as King James says, I think. That's it. And my last thought, as the worship team comes and prepares, for some of you, the thought, oh, let's put that back up there. Let's leave it up there for a second. The thought of going through these steps might terrify you. And I just want to encourage you to step out of your comfort zone in this season today. You can stick with the familiar, what you've always done, and you'll probably get what you've always got. I mean, God can do anything. He can hit you over the head with a two-by-four. But I promise you this, he's a gentleman. He's not going to make you do anything that you don't yield, that you don't cooperate with. Or, so you can stick with the familiar, or you can get out and take a leap of faith. There's one last verse that's really, really important. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Let's put that one up there. Oh, oh, we don't have it. Uh, So just write this down. Oh, we do have it. Good. It says, if you then, who are evil, that he's talking to believers here. He's talking to us. We're, you know, we're all sinners, right? But if we know how to give good gifts, I've got that underlined, to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That is a powerful verse. That if you can get your mind around that, I, I mean, the, you want more? That's it, right there. If we know how to give good gifts to our children, we're evil, right? How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? That is the promise. So, there's a lot of other things that we could say. There's a lot of other things we could do this morning. But I just want to remind you, it's Jesus. He's the baptizer. I am not. And it really depends on your desire of wanting more of Jesus. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'm going to take you on a little journey here this morning. And I'm going to ask that you participate. Every single one of us are going to participate. The first thing I'm going to ask is if you're here and you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, today is your day of salvation. We've been praying for you. You are an answer to prayer. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and you're ready to receive him, we call it the free gift of salvation. That's where it all starts. If you're ready for that, uh, would you just raise your hand here? If you're online, you can just type it in the chat. Who in first service here is saying, yep, that's me. I need a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you've walked away from the Lord. You're feeling cold and dry. You say, man, I need to to just be re, I need to recommit my life to the Lord. Would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. I don't want to miss anybody. Who, Who in first service? Okay. 
If you're online, certainly you can type in there. We promise we will follow up with 100% of those that follow up. We've got resources we want to put in your hands. We can send those to you or make connections. It doesn't look like anyone here is responding to a salvation call. So this is what I'm going to ask. If you are a believer, a Holy Spirit-filled believer, that means that Jesus is living inside of you because at the at salvation, you receive the Holy Spirit. He resides in you. I want you to stand. If you're not, and you didn't respond to the salvation call, don't stand. But if you're a believer, if you have Jesus in your heart, if you say, yep, I am saved, I want you just to stand right where you are. All right, good. Now I'm going to ask that you close your eyes and bow your heads. And this is a personal moment between you and the Lord. I'm going to ask two questions, and then we're going to respond. The first question is, if you are here, and you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and you desire more of Jesus, I want you just to raise your hand right where you are. All right. Several hands. Lots of hands. And I promise you, I'm not going to embarrass not even one of you. Even if I wanted to, I'm not going to. Put your hands down. All right. The second question is, if you are here and you have been filled with the Holy Spirit in the past, but you would say, Pastor, if I'm really honest, I need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. And let me just characterize the, the two blessings that we talked about and the internal blessing and the external blessing. With your eyes closed, hand, you know, no, don't raise your hands yet. On the internal side, if you're feeling dry spiritually, you need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Or if you feel cold to, to Jesus or to things spiritually, you need to be refilled. Let me just be so bold to say. On the external side, let me just ask you a couple questions. Are you boldly witnessing? Are you sharing your faith? Are you seeing signs and wonders in your life? And I'm not talking about 10 years ago. I'm saying this week has God used you. Ephesians 5.18 says, Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So let me ask a question. We already asked. If you're not filled, you raised your hand. You're saying, yes, I desire to be filled. This question is for those that have been filled previous, but you're saying, you know what, Pastor? I need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Would you just raise your hand? Just real, yes. Yeah. Yeah, lots of hands. Yes. Good. I figured. Yeah. Awesome. So this is what we're going to do. Put your hands down. I'm going to ask everyone that needs to be filled and refilled, I want you to come on the count of three right to the altar. And when I say three, I just want you to come. I want you to come quickly. And I just want you to kind of file all the way down, all the way around. And I just want you to come. And I just want you just to begin to just praise the Lord, worship, pursue Jesus. On the count of three, one, two, three. 
three. There's a lot of you, so I just want you to make room and just kind of fill up and kind of come close and just spread out all around. You can come this way, come this way. Yep. If you raise your hand, if you want to be filled or refilled, just make room all down. Just slide in. It will go all the way down. Awesome. God is working. He is working. Yes. Yes, and for those that just moved forward, I want you to come in a little nice and close because we got a second step to this, and it's going to include the rest of us. If you are a believer and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and you say, you know, I pray in the Spirit, I, uh, it's part of my daily walk, and God is moving, I am blessed internally and externally, I'm witnessing, I'm seeing signs and wonders. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, we need you now. To come, and I want you to file in behind those that are asking God to refill or to fill them. And so everyone that's here, step up forward, and we're going to make room. And I want you to just file in right behind them. And I want you, in particular, just to pray in the Spirit. Come on. If you are filled, one, two, three, come. Yes, this is the right. Yes, come. If you've been filled, if, if don't. There's no reason for you to stay. If we need you now to come, and I want you, this is part of what the Lord put on my heart, to come behind. Come on, step forward so we can get behind you. And what we're going to do is we're just going to worship God. If you could put those three things from Tim Menlo's book, Pursue Jesus, we're going to start here. We're going to seek and we're going to worship Him. I'm just going to ask that you lift your hands to the Lord. And lift your voice. Begin to speak out. And, and, the, and just, if you are already filled, and you're in the back, or you've been filled before, and it comes easy, just speak in, the, in your prayer language. Just let the Lord speak through you. Just let it resonate. Let others hear you. Come on, speak out. If you are seeking, just, and you have not been filled, just pray, pray, Use your voice. Worship God. Tell Jesus how much you love him. Oh, God, we worship you. We honor you, God. Oh, God, we desire. We desire you, God. We want more of you. Just tell Jesus you need him in your life. Oh, God, we pray. Fill us, God. We thank you, God. We pray you. Jesus name just write in your own words just ask the baptizer say dear Jesus would you fill me with your spirit would you baptize me please Lord just we're asking God that you would baptize us even this morning God Holy Spirit for those that are filled with the Holy Spirit I want to encourage you to be strong to be bold let the Lord work in and through you you can, Pastor Sean and Renissa, you can go. Elders that are here, previous elders, board members can come and to pray as well. Oh, God, we just honor you. We praise your name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. The second part of that is the Holy Spirit then will come upon you. Holy Spirit, we sense your presence here, that you are coming upon us right now, right here, right now. And we just welcome you. Just begin to welcome the Holy Spirit. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We welcome you, God. We welcome you, Jesus. We welcome you, Lord. We welcome you in this place, God. You are worthy, God. You are working, God. You're working, God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And then the third thing, it says you must cooperate. 
you got to cooperate with the Holy Spirit by speaking out as you pray, as you worship here in a second, and you sing the words of the song, you can stop singing the words of the song and just pray and sing in the Spirit. As you pray, you stop using the English, and there will be, the Lord is, you're going to take a step of faith, and you just begin to pray out. And I promise you, as we pursue, and the Holy Spirit comes upon, as we cooperate, we are going to experience miracles here right here, right now. Come on, let's just do it right now. We just pray, we cooperate, God, with you, the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just worship you. You're coming upon us. And Lord, right now, I just pray, Lord, that there will be a measure of faith and that many people will take that leap of faith and stop praying, stop singing in in English, in their native tongue, and they will just begin to worship you and pray in the Spirit. Oh, God, I'm asking that you would do it. Lord, right here, right now. Right now, come on. Hallelujah. Come on, just pray out loud so others can hear you. Come on, those that are filled, be, be strong, be bold, be an encouragement. Those that are being refilled, come on, right now. You're praying with and through. There's others around you that are being encouraged by your faith. Oh, thank you, God. We worship you, God. Come on, let's raise our hands one more time. Come on, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. us of that prophetic word I believe is for us, for you, for everyone who seeks, for everyone who asks. It is for you, number one. And secondly, you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm just curious, how many were filled or refilled with the Holy Spirit this morning? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. so good. He's working. And the primary reason externally, other than the internal blessing that comes, is is that we can use our voice to be a witness. And let me just remind us that we're in that 21-day fast. And this is incredible. I just God is orchestrating this for souls. Your life making a difference. Your life making a difference. I just want to speak to those that are still seeking. It's like that simmering crock pot. You're waiting. There's value in the waiting. The Lord is here. That seeking from the Lord, you will never be disappointed. I'm going to ask that we just uh, just quiet ourselves here just for
of gratitude for what God's doing, what he's starting, what he's accomplishing. who were filled this morning and uh, Lord I pray for those who uh, are still seeking and haven't been filled that um, it was an experience like this that I, I sought your spirit and I didn't receive it and uh, then after service was over uh, is when it happened for me and, and I just pray that those uh, who are seeking won't stop seeking that it says uh, that those uh, will seek me will find me when they seek me with all of their hearts. So let us pursue you. Let us not pursue a gift. Let us not pursue uh, tongues, but let us pursue you, Jesus, the, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the defeater of death. Lord, and let us not just be people who, uh, who stop at the gift, but uh, remember that it's for a power and it's for a purpose. That tongues are a declaration that there are nations out there, that there are people out there that need to know you. Lord, that you are uniting the world through your son and you are asking us to be your ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. That all the kingdoms of the world now pale in comparison because the king of kings is on the throne. And so we submit to you let us not be, uh, be something that we put up on a pedestal, but let it be something that we use to share your glory with those who are lost, with those who are hurting, with those who are broken, that you are calling us to the nations, that you are calling us to our neighborhoods, that you are calling us to our families. And so, Lord, we pray that we would be empowered as we go out as your emissaries, as we go out as your ambassadors, as we go out and be disciples who make disciples. We give you all the praise today. We give you all the glory and all the honor. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The altars can continue to remain open. If we could put a worship song on, you just certainly don't have to leave. But for those that need to go, God bless you. Go in the grace of God. We love you. Thank you for seeking the Lord with us this morning. 
Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.